Welcome back to a brand new episode. This is our second bonus episode. We got one more this month. And it's going to be coming out just two days after this episode. But before I jump into the rabbit hole of Arbor Culture. Hopefully you guys enjoyed the last episode that I put out. It was about Earth Day. Maybe inspired some change, motivation inside of every one of you. Maybe you became more mindful of how you place your trash and where your trash goes and you're focusing on taking care of the wildlife in your community so they don't die and choke on these plastics and these small bits of trash. If you had a warm week, well, just send that warmth to me because I kind of need it. It's been a little bit chillier and a little bit windier and hopefully you've been enjoying the outdoors like taking a hike and relaxing with a nice picnic watching the sunset and the stars move around in the sky just in short hopefully you've been enjoying your week and if you are enjoying these bonus episodes and you want to support this show even more let me tell you how you can help with that like and follow this show on the facebook page in the clouds podcast of everything to stay updated and to just go down the page and find what you find interesting about it you know it's not just up-to-date stuff it's stuff about quirky facts x y and z and subscribe to the show if you haven't yet and if you like this episode or any future episode of any part of this show rank us because the more that you rank the show in positive meaning, the more podcast platforms like Apple, Google, and many more will help this podcast grow. And I can bring more to you guys. Now, without further ado, let's get into the world of arboriculture. Imagine you ask your dad about fishing and he tells you everything about how to get the proper technique, how to properly throw your fishing line, what type of hook and bait to use, where the fish are, what type of fish you should be catching, and everything else that he pours into his words. Arboriculture is like a whole book full of tree care and tree surgery techniques and all the other knowledge that you didn't really want to hear, but you could need. Arboriculture is something that you should never ever fuck up because you can kill trees your fruit tree may never ever be able to produce fruit and you just have a whole bunch of other problems the word arbor means tree and culture means the act of growing or breeding something for a particular reason it is the cultivation management and the study of individual trees shrubs vines or other perennial woody plants. If you don't know what the word perennial means, it pretty much means that a plant that can exist or has existed for more than two years. While I was researching for arboriculture, I had a lot of conflicting sources about the origins of arboriculture and where cultivating started, but majority of the sources said Egypt. So I'm just going to go with Egypt instead of Italy. Trees were rare in Egypt despite its rarity. The Egyptians cultivated many indigenous trees like the 
sycamore tree, as in eventually cultivated the date palm trees. In fact, the date palm trees, after it reached Egypt, became one of the oldest known trees to be cultivated in this area to this day. The Egyptians loved these trees as they could dry the date fruit or eat it fresh. From Egypt, cultivation of trees had spread to the Asian minor and then to Italy, where the Italians cultivated olive trees. And then when Alexander the Great reigned, more trees arrived in Europe that were brought from Asia. These trees were fruit trees like apple trees and pear trees. And as cultivating trees and plants became more advanced, the ancient Greeks and Romans developed more techniques such as planting, grafting, pruning, pollinating, creating new trees, and anything that falls in those categories. Over decades and centuries, various other areas would get more fruit trees, and these fruit trees were pretty scarce to these civilizations because more fruit means you I'm pretty certain that there is a shit ton more history though with this cultivation and the history of arboriculture, but I couldn't find tons more without conflicting sources that, as I stated previously. In modern day, arboriculture wouldn't be done right. As we moved forward and throughout the generations, a lot of arborists were doing it wrong until a guy came along. This guy is named Alex Chigo. I'm, I'm so sorry if I mispronounced his last name, but we're just going to call him Alex. And this guy is known as the father figure of modern day arboriculture. This guy loved his trees so damn much that his whole life was dedicated to trees. So a few more things about his love for trees. He got his master's and doctoral degree in plant pathology. And then in the 1950s, Alex invented the one-person chainsaw so he could learn more about trees. In the 1960s, he was hired by the U.S. Forest Service to perform tree pathology work. Alex stayed with this for 25 years before his retirement. Then after retirement, his love of trees did not even stop there. He had written 160 books alone, just about trees. He didn't care about his life. He didn't care about his wife, if he had any, or his kids. Or he didn't care about writing autobiography. He wrote about trees. 160 fucking books about trees. And then he gave plenty of lectures as well. Not just to Zachary's mind, but also to arborists that weren't doing their jobs right. Alex corrected arborist by showing every single arborist how to properly prune trees. Alex also dissected more than 15,000 trees and furthered the research in understanding tree wounds. He also came up with a theory of coded, which we will talk more about this later. He argued, though, that trees do not heal, but they seal up their wounds and grow around them. Alex also dissected how trees shed their branches, and he compared this to how trees decay, which eventually he would come up with 
decoded. In conclusion, Alex is the ultimate tree daddy. No arborist, no ecologist, no geologist can prove me wrong. He is the ultimate tree daddy. Of not just trees, but the road of arboriculture. And he proved every existing arborist wrong. And we use his techniques to this day. So speaking of arborist, what is an arborist and what is their job? According to American Arborist, an, an arborist is a person who is professionally trained to deal with the art and the science of planting, caring, maintaining, and diagnosing trees, shrubberies, and other woody life. An arborist specifically diagnoses a tree with diseases and also offers the recommendations on maintaining trees and how to properly care for them. Elderly people fucking love arborist. And pretty much anyone who does not want to get their hands dirty trying to trim their big ass bush. These guys are anywhere from tree surgeons to tree maintenance specialist. And in all honesty, their jobs is interesting enough that I decided not to end this episode. But if you're curious about how to trim your oak trees or other uh, tidbits and advice, you can check out sites like AmericanArborist.net for more information. Before we get tangled into this rabbit hole further, it's important to talk about why arboriculture and being an arborist is important. Keeping trees healthy and well maintained is essential for wildlife homes. Plenty of birds, squirrels, chipmunks, similar wildlife that does not harm or damage trees are great for trees. They build their homes in trees. Now, on top of this, healthy trees are also better for the economy. Houses or properties that sell better typically have trees attached to them. And you don't want a dead tree when you're trying to sell this property or this house. You want a tree that is healthy. And a healthy tree means that you have less stress because trees are proven to be stress reducers. Outside of the history of arboriculture and everything else we discussed, I felt that ending this episode was right, as I've stated before. I said that arboriculture was a rabbit hole, not a history lesson. Not a science lesson. So in the second half of it, we learn about tree care, tree decayment, and everything else in between. There are two things to keep in mind. In this first half, I am not going to discuss the study of trees, nor am I going to include the really small things like soil testing. If you want to know more about soil testing, do your own research or buy a soil tester at your own local market because I'll tell you everything about what's wrong with your soil. As we get closer to ending this episode, I'll tell you more about trees and taking care of your trees. Lately, I've been wanting my own fruit tree because A, it's cheaper to spend money on a $40 tree and a tree produces fruit every single year versus spending tons of money on three fruits that I would have to keep on buying 
and B, fruit trees are pretty. They look pretty. They make your lawn look pretty, yeah. Maybe when the fr fruit falls off, it may be a disaster, but they still look pretty. Now, if you're in the same boat, I did the research for you. Most people probably understand to a certain degree that not every fruit tree or tree in general can be found in every single state or every single country. Like banana trees cannot grow in a state that gets freezing fucking temps in the winter. Even if the summer temps are really, really hot, banana trees cannot produce the fruit that it is needed because you have fucking freezing temps. It's very important to know what type of fruit tree, shrub, or vine works for your location. So to start this off, it's important to know that there are 46 different types of fruit trees. Now, I did a little bit of research in, you know, shrubs and bushes and vines, but I couldn't get a definite number, but I found there are at least 21 types of berry bushes. Some of these trees are like cashew trees, apple trees, and walnut trees. Some berry bushes are like strawberries, blueberries, and gooseberries. Now, once you have decided on what type of tree or shrub you may want, you have to ensure that your tree can survive in your region. Now, as I've stated, this all depends on your climate. In this specific part of arboriculture, there is something called the hardiness zone. These zones run close to the latitude lines of our planet and they are grouped in areas based on similar temperature averages and frost dates into specific zones. Since I live in areas where the temperatures fall below negative 10 during the winter, I wouldn't plant an avocado tree, but I would plant an apple tree because apple trees survive in colder climates. If I lived in a region where it didn't drop below 20 degrees, I would say fuck it and plant an avocado tree instead of an apple tree. Within these hardiness zones, there are microclimates or climates that register outside of their norms. And plenty of these microclimates are everywhere. And not just limited to certain regions, but certain areas of your backyard. It is important to know what tree needs the most sunlight, what tree needs the most shade, and what type of plant is a mixture of both. Because if you have too much sunlight for a certain tree or bush or plant, you can kill it. Now, outside of knowing which tree to plant in the region where you live, it is really important that fruit trees have chill hours. And chill hours are defined by how many annual hours when temperatures are below 45 degrees during a tree's dormancy. In case you didn't know what a tree dormancy is, I'm going to tell you right here. There are three phases of tree dormancy. Early rest, winter rest, and after rest. Each phase of dormancy is marked by a distinct set of physiological processes. That is the shortest explanation to give you without going into the science. And if you guys really, really, truly want me to make an episode about tree dormancy, I can. Now, in short, if you want fruit, make sure that your trees go through their dormancy period. It can even be at least one. 
but typically their very first dormancy period is important. And this period is required based on their chill hours as well. So for better understanding, I'll give you a couple quick examples. Apples require anywhere between 500 to 1000 chill hours if you don't live in low chill zone. If you live in a low chill zone, it kind of reduces it by half. It may not always be half, but it reduces it as close to half as it can get. Avocados don't need any chill hours, but they do not do well with frost. And pears require 600 to 1000 chill hours outside of low climate areas. Since we got that half of it figured out, it's important to know how to properly care for your tree and to make sure that your tree or similar plant or plants isn't going to die. Some of us may or may not be an arborist or know someone who specializes in tree care. And to plenty of us, money is an issue. We don't want to spend $600 or how much it costs for an arborist to tell us that tree is just going to be removed. So the first chunk that I'm going to talk about with tree care is making sure that your tree is healthy and to notice when it could be dying. Like humans, plants and trees get stressed out. And if you want fruit, make sure that your tree is not fucking stressed. Remember, pay your tree the same respect that your tree pays you. It reduces your stress, so make sure it's not fucking stressed as well. And transplant shock happens when you are transplanting a tree from the pot to the ground. And it will slow down the process. And it may not even produce fruit for you. Now, droughts is also a huge factor. Plants need water. And when they don't get water due to a drought, they freak the fuck out. They're like, I need fucking water. They have a huge stressor when it comes to droughts. And now outside of all this stress, this stress isn't the only thing that can weaken a tree. There are things called fungi and insects that also harm and cause a tree to weaken. Before I move into that whole half of fungi and insects though, how do you properly plant a tree? Now I'm not going to go into huge detail. I'm not going to go into huge detail, but there are a total of nine steps to make sure that you are properly planting your tree right to prevent things like transplant shock. This includes digging the hole to making sure that your tree is mulched and secured. If you want to find out more, go to treesaregood.org or similar sites. So let's jump back to insects and fungi. There are two things other than stress that can cause harm to a tree. They are insects and fungi. Now there are three groups of insects that can harm a tree. There are burrow insects like Asian longhorn beetles. There are defoliating insects like the cherry fruit worm. And then there are insects that can suck like spider mites. Burrowing insects or borers are the most harmful insects to trees. They are like termites and as many termites do cause harm to trees, they burrow or tunnel their way into tree roots and trunks to lay eggs. These eggs hatch and will create more tunnels and more eggs and the cycle keeps on repeating. Now to prevent 
the most harmful insect to cause most harm to your tree. You need to make sure that you are keeping on top of tree maintenance and making sure that your tree is going to be to the fullest extent of being well cared for. Not all fungi harms trees or causes trees to decay, but there are plenty that do. A tree fungus spreads in multiple ways. They can spread through the air, splashing onto the tree from hard rains, and even your own gardening tools can cause fungi to jump to these trees. So how you can prevent fungus from transferring to your tree or to any tree and causing harm to it is making sure that your tree isn't being overwatered and another way is making sure that you are sanitizing your gardening tools between each use. Now hopefully that part didn't bore most of you and if it did this next part is a little bit more interesting in my opinion because we are going to be talking about code it or the compartmentalization of decay in trees. Originally, this theory came from German forester Robert Hardig, but Alex added to this theory, and we know this theory from Alex, as him saying that trees know that it is decaying from fungi, and it responds to these affected parts with both chemical and physical changes to limit the decay, calling it compartmentalization. Now, this part is going to be a little bit tricky to explain, but I did post a picture of it on the page on Facebook. So like I said, go look at the picture if you want to, or just go online, look for it. So according to Code It, when a tree is wounded, it begins its process to form walls around the wound. The first wall is formed by plugging up the normally conductive vascular tissue above and below the wound. This tissue runs up and down the stem. This wall is also the weakest wall. The second wall is formed by the thick walled lignin-rich cells of the wood growth ring of interior exterior to the wound. And this wall slows the decay. And this wall is also the second weakest wall. The third wall is formed by raised cells. Now these cells are like a slice of pie and they actually look like a slice of pie if you look at the diagram. And they form kind of, you know, a triangular shape in between all of this and this wall and this wall diverges the spread of decayment. This is the strongest wall at the time of the wounding as well. Now the strongest wall is the fourth wall and it is known as the barrier zone. The fourth wall is known as the barrier zone. It isolates tissue present at the time of the infection and this is the only wall that can stop the infection. Can an infection kill a tree? There are two answers. In short, no and yes. As stated, the barrier zone completely stops the infection. But after a tree is infected, they typically will die within a few years 
or if somebody re- removes the regrown tissue. Though I do want to state that I'm not entirely certain because I could find very little on if a tree actually does die. Now, before wrapping this episode up, I'm going to give you some common sense. So, if you want to do all of this stuff on your own without hiring an arborist, common sense becomes a major part. Know what the fuck that you are doing. Because if you prune a tree wrong, or if you trim a bush wrong, or if you put a tree or a bush in a wrong area of your backyard, you may not have a tree that's surviving. If you cannot properly prune a tree, don't fucking do it. And if you want to give your bush a haircut and you don't know what to use, research what equipment you need to do it. Lastly, know everything that you can about the tree or the bush that you are wanting to plant beforehand. Now, in two days, I am going to release an Arbor Day episode, but this episode about arboriculture was kind of like an introduction to it because arboriculture is about trees and planting trees and maintaining trees and tree care once again. Yet this episode was mainly for people who may have been curious recently about tree planting and didn't know what the fuck they were doing. Hopefully this episode does help those type of people. And maybe it helps the people that are wanting to find a path in their life that may be within this career of arboriculture, working as an arborist. Regardless, hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode and stay tuned for not just the episode about Arbor Day, but the upcoming series premiere on May 4th. So once again, become subscribed, turn on your notifications, and share the hell out of this podcast. See you guys next time on the next episode.